Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Now you may think I'm a little early for that story, as today is December 6th, and not December 25th. But am I early or am I late? When was Jesus born? Was he born in the spring? Somebody says it. Micah Arnett, our resident theologian, uh, is, uh, is telling us that Jesus was born in the spring. So congratulations to you for paying attention in Sunday school. Uh, so yeah, probably it was in the was in the spring, and it was probably somewhere between uh, uh, four four and six BC. That's right, four and six BC was probably the time frame that uh, that Jesus was born. Yeah, there was a mistake made in calculating the calendar in uh, uh, in in the year six. Uh, no, no, in the in uh, uh, in the excuse me in the sixth century by a by a, a monk named uh, Dennis the Small, and he was trying to reconcile the Gregorian calendar and the Julian calendar and created the calendar that we now use. The only problem was that he didn't look at any historical evidence in terms of the dating. And so the calendar that we use is off by four or six years, depending on, depending on who you talk to. So Jesus was probably born somewhere between 4 and 6 B.C., so uh, what about this whole thing about giving gifts? Where does that all come from? Some people, some people would argue that the giving of gifts stems from an incident that happened in the book of Matthew. So I would invite you to turn to Matthew, to the second chapter, and I know you're saying to yourself, wait a minute, Pastor, what are you doing in Matthew? We still have a section of Romans to get through. Patience, grasshopper, patience. Uh, we, we, the, the, the hope was that we would be through and finished with Romans by this date, but I bit off more than I could chew in the 15th chapter and had to extend that out. Uh, but there are timetables and things that we had planned that really can't be put off. Uh, today being, uh, being one of them, the second day of, uh, uh, of, of Advent, uh, and the day of our alternative Christmas market. So uh, the, the thrilling conclusion to Romans is going to be put off for, for a little bit. You, just, you need to be patient. We will, we will get there. So this morning, I'm looking at the second chapter of Matthew. If you wanted to know about the birth of Jesus uh, from, a, from a narrative point of view, a historical point of view, uh, you would turn to the gospel according to Matthew or the gospel according to Luke. Well, Matthew includes uh, a little gift giving. And so uh, as we talk about gifts for Christmas, it seemed to be an appropriate place uh, for us to spend some time. And so uh, here's the word of the Lord, Matthew chapter 2, first 12 verses. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, 
Now, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and myrrh. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. There are so many things in this passage that we can, uh, that we can look at and try to unpack. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, that most of you have seen uh, nativity sets that include uh, you know, Jesus in the manger, and we've got one right out here in front of the, in front of the sanctuary. We've got Jesus in the manger, and uh, Mary and Joseph are there, and there's a, uh, there's a shepherd there, and there's a couple of animals, and, uh, and then there are the three wise men. Uh, but when we read this narrative, it says that they, uh, on coming into the house, they came into a house. They didn't come into, uh, into a stable and see Jesus lying in the major. He's a child at this point. And, and so it's like, well, okay, well, uh, what happened? Uh, and, and did they, uh, you know, they saw, this, they saw the star, but wh- how did they know that the star... Uh, foretold the birth of the Savior of the Jews, the King of the Jews. Some people would say that they came from Babylon and, uh, and, and that they had studied the teachings and the writings of Daniel. Uh, and, and so uh, that's what led them on their trek. They studied the stars. They were, not, they, were more, they were more astronomers than they were astrologers. So they, so they come and, uh, uh, and they follow the star and it, and it leads them. Uh, it leads them to Jerusalem. And then they have to ask the specific questions. So in life, we have natural revelation. We also have specific revelation. Revelation, natural revelation. You look at the world and you say, "How could there not be a creator?" 
This is so intelligently designed, there must be a designer. That is natural revelation. But natural revelation will only bring us so far. Natural revelation brought them to Jerusalem, where they inquired, where is he who was born king of the Jews? At that point, Herod goes to the, to the, 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 uh, the priests and the, and the teachers, and, and they ask, uh, they know. It, they know because they have the, the revealed revelation that we have natural revelation and we have special revelation through God's word that, that told them exactly where the Messiah was to be born. So armed with that information and with natural revelation, they have natural revelation and specific revelation, uh, they arrive in, in Bethlehem and they find the child. So amazing, amazing stuff here. And then they, and they bow down and they worship him. They worship this child. And then they open up their treasures and they, and they present him with gifts. And, and we assume that there were three wise men because there were three gifts. But even that has come under question these days as whether or not it was three gifts or actually two gifts. Uh, one gift being gold, the other gift being frankincense and myrrh. Gold representing the divinity of this child and the frankincense and myrrh, which were spices that normally came together that were used to prepare a body for burial, represent Christ's humanity. So we have in Jesus someone who is fully God yet fully human. So the gift of gold represents the divinity. The gift of frankincense and myrrh represents his humanity given to the child in a house not in a stable. Now, back then, what is a, you know, we have an idea of what a stable is today, a barn, a, a, a place where you keep the animals. Uh, back in the first century, sometimes stables were tucked away in caves. Sometimes they were built underneath houses. So they would build the stable for the animals and then build the house on top of it. Do you know why they did that? Central heating. The animals generated heat, heat rises, goes up through the floor, and it heats the house. So was that the configuration? And then uh, as, the, as the crowds from the census died down, uh, there was room in the inn, and, and uh, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus moved up into the house? We really don't know. There's a lot of mysteries uh, around that, that whole uh, scenario, and, and, and we want to make sure that, that we don't put something there that, that wasn't there. Someone, someone did make the comment that the Magi were obviously men, because if they would have brought been, been women, they would have brought more practical gifts. Uh, now, we can take a step back from that, that's a, a little humor, but uh, I know very little, but uh, uh, the, the, the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, those were very expensive gifts. Uh, which uh, is why they think that they might have been three kings, because they had such uh, valuable treasure. But the treasure that was given uh, to Jesus, to Mary and Joseph, financed their flight into Egypt. So, I mean, God, God brings this all together. And so people say, we give gifts today for Christmas because the Magi gave gifts to the baby Jesus uh, or the toddler Jesus at, at, at some point. But actually, that's not true either. The whole movement from, uh, from the spring when Jesus was probably born uh, into, uh, into December 
uh, centered more around the pagan festivals of, of the winter solstice. And during that pagan festival, people gave gifts to each other in honor of the god of Saturn, who was the god of agriculture. Uh, and, and so uh, in hoping for a better crop. So the Christians came in and they said, well, instead of celebrating and giving gifts for, uh, uh, for pagan uh, 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 celebrations, why don't we give gifts for, uh, for a Christmas celebration? And, and, and began to transfer this idea that we'll not necessarily celebrate the birth of Christ on December 25th, but we will commemorate the birth of Christ on December 25th. And then, of course, uh, it was, it was uh, not something that was readily accepted by the church. It took a while. And in fact, uh, the early Puritans in the United States did not want to celebrate Christian, uh, Christmas at all because it was too closely identified with pagan, uh, uh, with pagan rituals and, and, and celebrations. In fact, it really didn't kick off in the United States until it became a federal holiday in 1870. The reality is that what America thinks about Christmas and gift-giving and the trees and Santa Claus and, and all of that has more to do with the story that I started with today, the night before Christmas, and, believe it or not, Coca-Cola. So they kind of merged and created uh, for their advertising this, this idea of Santa as a, as a jolly old elf and, uh, and, and et cetera, et cetera. And it kind, of, it kind of morphed into where we are today. But where we are today, is this really something that honors and commemorates the birth of our Savior? And people wrestle with that and they struggle with that. I, you know what? It's a, it's a great event and and I think it's a wonderful idea to exchange gifts. I love to exchange gifts uh, on, on Christmas. But is that really what it's all about? And I would say probably not. But if we are so caught up in this idea that we should give gifts for Christmas, that's when we need to kind of shift our focus a little bit and understand a little, a little more deeply why we here at Grand Memorial offer an alternative Christmas market each year. So that rather than purchase a, a, a tie for somebody that doesn't need it, or a, or a fruitcake that will probably be used as a doorstop, uh, or some other uh, gift that people don't really want or need, but I feel like, I, you know, somebody, and oh my gosh, somebody gives you a gift and you haven't given them a gift, you didn't buy something for them, and you gotta, you got to scramble to get something together, and how oh, it becomes a nightmare, and, and all this anxiety over trying to figure out what the perfect is, gift is for the perfect person, and, and do all that on a budget, it can just be overwhelming. So we come up with the idea of an alternative Christmas market where rather than buying a specific gift for a, purpose, for a person, we make a donation in their name toward a specific mission or ministry that the church supports or one that you support. And that's the genesis of our alternative Christmas. 
And in past years, we had the parish hall was festively decorated and, the, and the, the, the ministries that were supported that year were represented back there. And this year, it's a little different. The concept is essentially the same. But the challenge in this, these COVID times of socially distanced and all that fun stuff uh, has uh, has pushed us to move outside of our comfort zone a little bit, and we've we've done that uh, uh, through the through the website uh, and through a mailing that you will be getting probably this week, uh, and it's a mailing that looks a lot like this, um, and in it uh, there will be a letter that that kind of describes the uh, the alternative Christmas market. Uh, there'll be a flyer in there that will show you what the various ministries are that we support, uh, and there, there'll be a little, uh, a little shopping list where you can, uh, uh, where you can uh, select the ministry that, that you would like to donate for, uh, and then uh, after that, we will provide you with a little grand memorial uh, Presbyterian Church Alternative Christmas Market 2020 uh, uh, Christmas cards, uh, where this particular one is for Angel Tree. Uh, a Christmas donation was made in your honor to Angel Tree. Uh, families in Coronado and Imperial Beach, especially the children, will be blessed by your generous gifts as we share God's love and hope with them. Uh, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, so that's kind of what the alternative Christmas is, is, is all about. And, uh, and we've got some great ministries that we have supported down through the years. Some of those ministries are right here, uh, local, like, like Angel Tree, which is a ministry to the uh, children of uh, incarcerated uh, prisoners so that, that they know uh, that family is still important. Uh, we also have, and these are two ministries that we have supported since their inception, uh, military Outreach Ministries, uh, which is a ministry to uh, junior enlisted, and also uh, uh, New Day Ministries, which was formerly known as PUM, which was formerly known as the Presbyterian Crisis Center. Uh, New Day Ministries is one of our faces to the urban poor. And so a, a donation to, uh, to any one of these groups, either Angel Tree or uh, Military Outreach Ministries or, uh, or New Day Ministries is a, is a gift to give to Jesus uh, for this Christmas season that will further the gospel and the kingdom. Again, we celebrate Advent, uh, which is the birth of Christ, but in the season of Advent, we long for the return of Christ, the, the second advent, or uh, you may have heard it referred to as the second coming. Uh, what we are doing is we are planting seeds and expanding the kingdom of God in anticipation of Jesus' return as we prepare to celebrate the first advent, his first coming, uh, that we commemorate on Christmas. So Angel Tree, uh, New Day Ministries, Military Outreach Ministries, those are local ministries that we support through our alternative Christmas market. But we go beyond that as well to Baja uh, 
Presbyterian Ministries, which works with uh, uh, our churches uh, south of the border. We've been involved there since uh, since Harry Jenkins got on board when they first uh, when they first started uh, doing ministry down in Mexico. Uh, Harry was a, a longtime member of Grand Memorial. He was a POW in Vietnam for seven and a half years. And uh, when when he got out, I'll tell you what, he was a permanent fixture. Uh, right over here in this corner. He rang the bell every Sunday. He was a permanent usher. Uh, everybody appreciated Harry. So uh, that's why we continue to support uh, uh, Baja Presbyterian missions. But we we also have uh, uh, missions that we support in, in Europe through, uh, uh, through Pioneers, uh, which is uh, with, the, with the Curries. They're, they're working uh, with immigrant populations uh, and refugees in, in house planting churches. Uh, also, the International School Project that takes a curriculum, an ethics curriculum, that was developed uh, with, in conjunction with the Jesus film. Uh, and there, there, it started in Russia, but then it went through the Ukraine, it went into, it went into Mongolia, then it went into South America, and now it, it, it's, it's in amazing places, uh, and they invite us to come in. Uh, Jody and I went to Guatemala uh, and did one of these, where we worked with public school teachers to teach them how to present the ethics of the Bible uh, and then share with them the story of Christ and provide them with Bibles if they want. Great, great ministries uh, that, we, uh, that we support. We also have, uh, let's see, oh, Urban Youth Collaborative, working with, uh, working with kids in high schools and, uh, and, and middle schools throughout San Diego County. They're in Mexico now, and they're in Atlanta uh, one of our families, the Ellis's, moved to Atlanta, and Ava said, we need, to have, uh, uh, we need to have Urban Youth Collaborative over here as well. And so, uh, and so it's, it's there. Again, you see the expanding ministries that we're involved in. And then uh, uh, other uh, overseas ministries that, uh, uh, that are here, uh, some, we can, uh, some we cannot name, uh, uh, some we can uh, 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 TDMM uh, ministries, new generation going on in Ethiopia. I talked about some of the devastation that's going on in Ethiopia right now, and our partners are on the ground providing uh, uh, resources and hope and medical care uh, in that situation. We have partners in the Middle East that uh, are working in in uh, uh, with the, with the refugees in uh, in in Lebanon. Uh, we also have ministries, as you know, in India, working with girls who have been rescued from trafficking. And you know who they are. Uh, this is being live streamed, so we just need to leave it at that so that we don't put any ministry or any individual in danger. Uh, so uh, as, you, as you work on doing your Christmas shopping this year, and, and you know, I talk about this every year, uh, you, you, know, you want to make sure if you're, if you're buying gifts for your children that that uh, that everything is uh, you know even Stephen you know you know kids kids will compare 
hey, uh, how come I got uh, only three presents and, and, and little Joey got five presents? Well, your three presents cost more than his five presents. And those are, those are economic things that eventually they, they figure out. The good things can come in small packages and all that kind of stuff. But as a parent, you know, you try to create some parity amongst your, your, your children and your gift giving. And so we always just add a third child. Uh, fourth now, because I have a son-in-law, uh, uh, add an extra child. And as we buy gifts for our families, we include Jesus in there. And we want to make sure that we're, cheat, that we're treating uh, uh, the gift buying for Jesus uh, on, on par with what we're doing with, uh, with our other children. And so we'll, uh, we'll, look at the, we'll look at the list and, and we'll come up with, uh, uh, with people that we want to support, ministries that we want to support, and, uh, and we'll make our donation to the alternative Christmas market this year. And you can do that through a couple of ways. You can go to the church website. On the church website, uh, if you look under uh, outreach, you click on that button and it'll, uh, it'll drop down another bar and then there will be a, a, a tab for the alternative Christmas market. And you can click on that tab, and it'll open up uh, another menu, and, and it'll say, you know, it'll, it'll ask how much you want to give, and then it'll have another little category that says subcategories. If you click on that, it'll open up to the 10 ministries that we support here at Grand Memorial. Oh, I forgot to mention the San Diego Rescue Mission is another one that is doing absolutely fabulous work uh, with the homeless and with those that really desire to get off of the streets and to start a new life in Christ. Amazing work being done at the San Diego Rescue Mission. So you'll, you'll, you'll drop those, that, that menu down and you'll be able to uh, make your selections and you can do everything online. Not everybody is comfortable doing everything online. And so you can, uh, uh, that's why we're mailing out the letters and the form in there, and you can, you can fill it out, and you can mail that check-in, uh, uh, or you can come into the office and take care of it. We can do it that way. Some, some exciting news, some exciting news, because this is a challenging year. We all know that. Uh, we were given a, a challenge match. Uh, someone anonymously came and said, I will match up to ten thousand uh, dollars that are, that comes in through the alternative Christmas market. So that's kind of a target goal for us to uh, to match that. And if we did that, that'll come pretty close to what we were able to uh, pull together from last year. Uh, and so uh, these are challenging times, to be sure. And if you're out there on the lawn, I think Rick Moore is out there. He's the chair of our uh, mission committee, and he's got some flyers. And if you've got questions, you can ask him, or you can email me, or you can call me, and we'll, we'll sort through this and, and figure it out. But in these challenging times, uh, uh, we're, we're all feeling it. We're all feeling it. Uh, some people's lives have been uh, uh, just destroyed because of the pandemic. Businesses are closing. We get that. Uh, uh, people are losing their jobs. Uh, and, and, uh, and if that's where you are this year, then we just want to pray for you. And if we, can, if we can help you, if we can come alongside of you uh, to help you through this pandemic, we really hope that you'll reach out to us. We've got students, we have deacons that are standing by uh, to help 
to help our community and our loved ones to get through this. But if you're in a position uh, where, where you can make a, a gift to the alternative Christmas market, then we would encourage you to do that. Uh, we want to commemorate the birth of our Savior in a way that honors him and advances his kingdom as we prepare to celebrate the first coming, to commemorate that on December 25th, in anticipation of the second coming, whenever that will be. And through the work of the missions that we support year-round, and then especially through our alternative Christmas market, we have opportunity to advance God's kingdom here and now, spreading the gospel in anticipation of that day when Jesus will return. As we prayed in the prayer of confession this morning, indeed, the lines have fallen in pleasant places for us. We are blessed beyond measure. Yes, these are challenging times, and we will get through these challenging times. And uh, a friend of mine was a, a pastor of a, of a church up in, uh, uh, where was that? Uh, up, up on the coast that burned down in, in one of the fires. And I remember him being interviewed by the news afterwards. And he said, we will rise again because we are Easter people. And I love that image. We are Easter people. We are people of hope in the resurrection, in who Jesus is, what he has done, in the promise that he will return. We celebrate that through the gospel in how we live our lives and how we share our lives with one another. And the alternative Christmas market is one more way that we can share our lives and share our love of Christ through giving gifts to loved ones through the alternative Christmas market, honoring those we love, but also honoring the Lord that we serve through a gift that will make a difference eternally for the kingdom of God. Pray with me. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. You may not have gold, frankincense, and myrrh to give to the king, but what you have, whatever it may be, large or small, give it with all your heart to the joy of the Lord. The night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Stir. Stir your soul and know that as we commemorate the birth of our Savior this December 25th, that through our alternative Christmas market, we will have opportunity to stir the souls of those around the world with the hope of the gospel that is ours in Jesus Christ.